Welcome to the Naughty Child Podcast with me, Richard. And me, Polly. I'm the dad. And I'm the daughter. I'll dish everything before I leave. I need to find that bag on my voice. Alex Hartley took us off air in Brighton earlier this year. I'm a huge fan of Pepper. We thought we were really funny, so why doesn't everyone else think we're really funny? <laughs> She's the most relaxed captain you've ever known. It's been the longest year ever, hasn't it? Oh, well, Manchester Originals aren't through to the Eliminators, so I've got to change my team. Yeah. Well, my dog is now called G.B. Anderson. Getting into England was quite a breeze. Like, I just walked straight through. Sophie Eccleston's the worst, like, having a child with you when she's on tour. Polly, you've not been very well. I haven't. It's been a very strange, like, three, four days. Um, but I think I'm at kind of the back end of it now, which is good. Well, it's been a shocker because, first of all, your friend mm-hmm. got COVID. Yeah. So, yeah, she got COVID and I was, like, with her so much at school. Um, the The evening that... She started getting symptoms that whole afternoon. Um, we didn't have lessons and we just spent the whole afternoon like right next to each other. And like we didn't like share food, like share a drink or anything like that. It wasn't like we we're in direct contact, but we were kind of sitting next to each other, hugging that sort of thing. So um yeah, I was like, it's fine though, because I felt fine at this point. And then Sunday evening, I started kind of feeling well, like my throat started hurting. I was like, oh no. Um, and I was told I wasn't allowed to go into school. Um, also because I had obviously a friend that had COVID, they mm-hmm. they were unsure about it. Because even though the rules like said that you could still go into school, mm-hmm. school said not to come in. So I took I, you to the test centre. Oh yeah, I actually know I got yes. PCR test on Sunday. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah. Before I started having symptoms, mm-hmm. so I went and got that, and it came back negative on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just felt really really ill, mm-hmm. and obviously I hadn't had symptoms when I took the test, so. Um, the advice was to get another one. So I went and got that on Tuesday. Yes, I Tuesday. Think. Yeah. And then that came back like half an hour ago. And that's negative. So I'm kind of in the all clear. So I can actually properly sit next to you now. Because for three days I've been in my room on my own. Walking around the house with a mask whenever I need to go to the kitchen or the bathroom. Which hasn't been fun. But yeah, I'm negative. I still feel kind of ill. I've got an awful headache. But... Mm. it's fine um that's good but we we can talk so that's good yeah yeah because that would have made the podcast quite difficult i was worried because we're doing an interview on friday i was like wait if i have covid i'm gonna have to be in my room Mm. and you're gonna have to be somewhere else it's gonna be like three people on the zoom i was Mm. like oh that's not gonna work how are we gonna like coordinate it that was kind of stressful so i'm glad we can actually um record together (laughs) that is good yes um are we going to talk about driving Oh, yeah, that happened last Sunday. <laughs> yes, just before you went for the COVID test. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I had my first driving lesson on Sunday. Amazing. Um, and, oh, my gosh, it was so scary. <laughs> it was so good, though, but it really caught me off guard because I got in the car and the instructor was like, oh, is this your first lesson? I was like, yeah, I, I don't even know how to, like, turn on a car. Like, I don't know what pedals are which. I don't, like, I literally know nothing about cars. I'm like going completely blind and she goes oh that's fine then so we're just gonna go onto the main road and we'll park up and I'll just like show you how everything works 
So it just takes me onto the road and we park up and like I learn how to do everything. I'm like kind of getting the hang of this, like we how to use the clutch, how to do everything. I was like, oh, this is going to be fine. And she goes, okay, we're just going to like pull out here and start driving. Bear in mind, I'm sat in the driver's seat. I was like, wait, here, here. <laughs> Bear in mind, it's the road next to ours, which is known for like car crashes. We There is debris like, all over, yeah. like all around where we live, there is mm -hmm. debris from... Well, I can think over the last 20 mm. years, we must have had 50 car crashes. Yeah, yeah. and the the road's really windy as well. And so it's just like you can't see what's coming in front of you. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, now they've got speed bumps, so it's a bit easier. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a bit better because people won't speed as much. But I was like, my, my brother's been in a car crash on this road. Like, <laughs> why do this is the first place I'm ever going to drive. And it's just known for like reckless drivers going on that. And I was just like, no. And so I did say this. I was like, yeah, um, this is kind of road. Should we, should, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm sure we'll be fine. And I was like, no. So I just started driving and I was so scared. And there were a lot of like, there were cars parked up on the sides as well. So you have to kind of like weave in and out a bit more. So that was really scary. Um, and she did say to me at one point, you know, Polly, you do need to turn the steering wheel. I was like, yes, I know. I was just like so scared. Um, but it was so good. And yeah, I drove up the road and then back down the road. And then like a bus came around the corner at one point and everything. And I parked. Um, I did almost start rolling back down the hill because when you park, you have to, like when you, like basically, I put, did I put, the, I, can't remember, I can't remember how to do it, but I didn't press the brake is the point like i had the clutch mm -hmm. down slightly so like and then i was like pushing the like the back of the car into the thing mm -hmm. i don't i can't remember how to do it and then i forgot to put the brake she's like you need to put the brake and i started rolling back down there and there was a car behind i was like no um but i was actually a really good driver so yeah it sounds good for you. um handbrake is useful though definitely yeah but... yeah that's fine but you have to put the brake on before you do the handbrake and then you put the gear stick back into neutral because the clutch has to be down to move the gear stick. See, I'm learning. I'm That's faster. brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, the one thing I did learn, though, is that the indicator is all on one thing. Like, I thought, because you know how it has the two sticks on the side? I thought one was, like, right, one was left, but it's on the same thing. I know. Like, there is only is one indicator, yeah. That's and crazy. You, you just put it up or down. That's so cool, though. Um, <laughs> you're just learning these things, though. Um... Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I mean, you you're you're no longer a beginner. You've yeah. moved from beginner to novice. <laughs> but it is it is kind of petrifying. Um, luckily, like other drivers, actually no, I say other drivers are patient. There was we were going around this corner and this black car sped past us. It was like you know those cars where it's definitely like a twenty year old man who smokes weed, like zooming past. And I was like, ah, I didn't know what to do. I was so scared. Um. <laughs> But no, it was good. It was just slightly nerve-wracking, especially considering it was on that road. Um, but I live to tell the tale and I haven't crashed, so... So far, so good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. For I had a big driving hazard I had to face this morning on my mm -hmm. way to work. I was almost at work, mm -hmm. so like a minute away yeah. from work, and going down this road, and it is completely blocked by a tree. <gasps> there are no other cars there, so the tree must have only just come down. So... Oh. I just drove down there and and I thought I can't actually get I can't drive around it. I'm gonna to have to just turn around and find a different way to go. Oh my gosh. That's... Um so the weather has definitely been pretty yeah. rough the last week here in the UK. Yeah. I know we've got listeners all over the world mm. and um you might be basking in uh, you know, <laughs> in Adelaide, it's thirty oh. degrees or whatever, but uh, here in Birmingham 
The temperature's barely got above two degrees. Mm. There's been storms, wind, Mm. rain. It absolutely bucketed down yesterday. It was Mm. really miserable. I mean, I haven't been out, so... Oh, you missed nothing. It was absolutely (laughs) dreadful. Yeah. Oh, I just want to be back in the sun. Playing cricket, and I want my summer back because the winter's all right, but like it's also not. <laughs> summer's on the way, but in the meantime, we can experience a little bit of summer because the ashes have come. <gasps> the ashes. I mean, I say that with so much excitement, but yesterday did not bring me excitement when it came to summer. They were, oh, so this is the first, I think this is the first time I've ever like stayed up to watch the first ball mm. of the ashes because I don't think pre- in previous years I've been like that interested, but this year I was like dedicated knew everything i was like so ready for it and um because obviously i've been isolating i'm not going to school so it's like well i don't have to get up for anything so i'm gonna i'm gonna stay up and watch it Mm. so i got so excited went to watch the first ball and obviously if anyone's i mean you've been living under a rock if you don't know what happened but rory burns getting bold first ball. i mean you see I'm not a good batter, and I don't think even I would do that. Like, what was he... I didn't even know what he was doing. I was like, oh. Was, yeah. Um, and I just sat there, and I was like, no. This is so bad. And so I continued listening for a while. Um, it got worse. It, it did. It, it just got worse. And then when Joe Root got out for a duck, I was just like, no. I actually can't deal with this anymore. But then Ben Stokes... Ben, ben Stokes, and I was thinking, you know, Ben Stokes... Great, he's going to do something incredible. And then he got out at five. So I was a bit like, oh. It wasn't great. It wasn't a great day's play. No, it wasn't. But England have been in worse spots and come yeah. out okay. And yeah. there's, Australia have got to bat yet mm-hmm. still. So we can only judge how bad it's been once they've had a bat. Yeah. I mean, I woke up and I, I woke up and I was like, oh, I, I, like in my head, the ashes hadn't started. That was just like my nightmare dream, like the night before sort of thing. <laughs> then I went on to BBC News. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> the ashes have started and it hasn't been a great start. Um, but no, the, the ashes are very exciting. I can't wait for the women's ashes as well. That would be really good. But, yes, um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about yeah, that. Definitely. I think the men's ashes is more exciting. Um, well, we'll oh, see. I don't know. I, I guess the format's different, different isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. So um, each of the five tests mm-hmm. is so important. Whereas in the women's ashes, if you lose one of the T20s, for example, yeah, it's not it's as crucial, yeah, as um, as losing a test match in the men's. I feel like with the ashes, though, like especially when it's in Australia, it feels like there's so much more anticipation, and I think also because most of the world are asleep. It feels like you're part of this, like, mm. exclusive thing. Or seeing on Twitter where people are doing, like, 5am roll call, who who's still awake with things. Like, I, oh, I find that, like, so cool. And just the kind of... I don't know. Because if it was a home ashes, I suppose people who aren't into cricket might be more aware of it. Mm-hmm. But when it's in Australia, obviously less people know about it. So it kind of feels like, I don't know, you're these nocturnal <laughs> like i don't know it's really strange i don't know how to explain it but it's pretty cool i love the idea of things happening in the summer when it's yeah. winter here in the daytime when it's nighttime yeah. here it's almost like it's happening on a different planet yeah, yeah yeah it's really strange so yeah i love that um one thing i want to mention because there's one follower and i have no idea who it is because <laughs> i made a bit of a mistake yesterday I was editing our Christmas special and I accidentally published the episode. 
not <gasps> realizing. And one person, it said one play, which means like one person listened to it. And I do not know who that person is. So if that person is listening, please can you not say anything to anyone because it's supposed to be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, that moment of realization I was like, no, no, sure they haven't published it. Surely that's like my own list of when I've been in it. No, no, it wasn't. I haven't like listened to it. But when I edit, it doesn't count as a listen. So I was just, oh, I hate to, I hate to think that. Yeah. So just no one spoiled the surprise. No. Also, because it wasn't even edited. So you got like the raw version of us just like chatting before the interview, which I don't even know what we said, because normally we just have like a random conversation about life mm-hmm. where we say, I don't know, like we'll say stuff that we wouldn't say on the podcast. Like, I don't know, <laughs> our address, like date of, no, I don't know. Like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like We do. We just chat, don't we? Yeah, we just have a random conversation. Might have a bit just, of gossip. <laughs> yeah, but also waiting for, because we try and log on a bit early. Yeah. So waiting for the person to join us and mm-hmm. we'll just chat, but it's all recorded. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that went that went published on the internet, goodness me. I don't know what yeah. we said. It's fine, it was only a flight two, but it's one per- so one person listened to it. So mm. oh, just don't spoil it for anyone else, because it's actually really exciting. Talking of Christmas episode, um I was gonna to talk to you about this earlier, but I forgot. But should we like get our listeners involved in the Christmas episode? And maybe you know the question the Christmas questions we are to ask to our guests. Yeah. We ask like our listeners and then they can have their input. Yeah. I like and it. Then I like it, I like it. We could even wait, actually no, I can't remember. No. Okay, so yeah, we need to shall we do that this week or shall we do that next week? Because We've got two episodes, so including this one before the Christmas one. Mm. So do we do we give people like two weeks or one week? I think one week. Yeah, I think we'll do we it next on, week. We can put it on Twitter and Instagram as well. We can. Yeah. Okay, so we'll yeah. do that next week because then we can prepare some questions. Because we have got oh, the ones we asked to our guests, but maybe we could come up some with some more as well. Yes, Christmas related questions. Yeah. So our mm-hmm. our Christmas episode will be out on Christmas Eve. Yeah, at six a.m. For you early risers yes. or people across the world. <laughs> yes. And we're very excited because... I'm so excited. Yes, we, this is... This guest, yeah. well, trumps all the other guests that we've had, I think. <laughs> Do you know what's funny, though, is um, obviously a lot of people at my school have no idea who any of the... Like, I could <laughs> literally tell them that I got, like... I don't know, Sachin Tendulkar on. They would have no idea. <laughs> they just like, they, yeah, they wouldn't know. Um, Sachin so, Tendulkar is not our Christmas no, guest, no. by the way. <laughs> imagine, imagine. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I could say probably the most famous cricketer of all time. They just wouldn't know who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was in my EPQ lesson and mm-hmm. because obviously doing women's cricket, I mentioned it to my teacher because she's a big cricket fan. Mm-hmm. Um and she was like, oh, wow, whatever. And there, I was just thinking, there are people in my class who know who this guest is. And the people that actually probably want to know the guest I listen to just have no idea. <laughs> so, like, there is random people who are just keeping this... Because I can't keep anything to myself. As soon as I, as soon as we get a guest, I tell my best friend, I'm like, <laughs> you know, guess who we got on or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, because I, I, I need to tell someone, you know. You're never going to get a job with MI5, are you? No. I would be so bad. Oh, I'd be. I just like ring you. Guess what happened today? <laughs> You'll never guess who we're tracking down. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like I don't like to. If if someone tells me, especially okay, MFI is a bit different. But if it's like something really exciting, mm. you know, we've got this guest on. I'm like, oh, but I want to tell someone because it's exciting. It's cool. So 
I don't know. Um, oh, also a very cool thing that I actually found. <laughs> We're linked on Wikipedia. Oh, um, yes. So when you either type in Tina Goff or Roberta Moretti Avery, um, at the bottom they have like uh, links to or mm-hmm. like additional yeah reference that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And yeah, on Roberta Moretti Avery and Tina Goff's, it says Not Our Podcast. So like, the only things that are on there are their ESPN Crick Info and their Twitters. And then there's Not Our <laughs> Podcast. It's like um, in brackets, interview with, and then the name. So We are an official source. We're an official source. That, that's pretty cool. But also I Googled, I, because I'm so vain, <laughs> mm. I Google Not Our Podcast. Um, I just Google it to see if like, because sometimes... I do as well, all the time. <laughs> because stuff comes up. Um, mm-hmm. Like, we'll get mentioned in an article of uh, episodes that this person's been, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just had a look. And when I Googled it, it came up with, like, the fancy Wikipedia thing. Like, you know when mm. you type something in and it's got, like, the picture of the person and their bio? That's what happens when you type it in. So it's got our podcast and it's got, like, the description that we wrote. And then it's got um, see other podcast like related and it's got loads of like really cool podcasts like, I was like wow that's pretty cool um so basically we're really famous we are we are we are so you know famous. it's it's so difficult I go to Tesco and people hear my voice they're like oh Polly from the <laughs> imagine though because actually no people do know why I look like that but um imagine you just like start talking and like, I know your voice like that's what voiceover people must get they must yeah well, I don't know. Everyone's voice on everybody's voice on voiceover sounds the same. I was thinking about this. It'll be a good employment thing. You can work from home. You know when people do the channel for like or um I don't know, coming up at nine o'clock, blah blah blah. Uh, continuity announcers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's it. I could do that. Um anyway, I think what's everything? So I think we just need to introduce our guest. Our guest, yes. Yeah. A scouser. A scouser. That's that means someone from the city of Liverpool. <laughs> if, um, for people who are not living in the UK. Yeah. So we have Laura Jackson, who has just signed a professional contract to Northwest Thunder. Uh, she also played for Manchester Originals in the hundred. Yes. So one of the newest professional cricketers mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. And she was great, wasn't she? Yeah, she was lovely. She had some really, really good things mm-hmm. to say. And of course, she plays alongside many of the other people we've interviewed. Yeah. I think we're just going through that Northwest Under team, just like ticking them all off. <laughs> I think make it our mission by the end of the summer to have interviewed every single one of them. I think well, we I was saying it. the other day, I mm-hmm. think we could try and interview every professional cricketer in yeah. England. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I think we could definitely do... All the domestic cricketers. It'll be harder with the century contracted. Like with Northwest Sunday, it'll be difficult to get, I don't know, Sophie Eccleston on. <laughs> I feel like it could be diff- I would love to interview Sophie Eccleston. Yeah, it would be, be good. Very, very that would fun. be really good. Um, but yeah, let's make it our mission to interview every pro. Yes. So if you are one of the many pros who listens to our <laughs> the podcast. Do you feel quite a few of them follow us, but... I don't know how many, like the many. <laughs> and we haven't interviewed yet, you yet. Do get in touch and we'll see if we can find a little slot for you. <laughs> no, I love that when, because I won't say who it is because we might have them later on um, at some point. But they 
did message and was just like, oh, if ever you need me to do a podcast. And I was like, yeah, people are asking now. People are requesting to be on the podcast. You know, you're going to have to fight for your spot. You can't just walk in and get an interview. That's not how it works. We're very selective on who we choose. <laughs> this is true. Um, this is true. But yeah, I think we'll probably do that after the World Cup and stuff. We'll mm -hmm. do loads of domestic players because then we'll have like Rachel O'Flynn, Charlotte Edwards Cup, 100, tons of stuff. So yeah, but in the meantime, enjoy this chat with Laura Jackson. Hello there, Laura. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on our podcast. That's so good of oh, you. Oh, not a problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm Richard, and uh, it's my daughter Polly. And um, oh, lovely stuff. Yeah, and so we've uh, back in January we started doing a podcast together, and it wasn't originally about cricket, <laughs> but cricket just sort of took over it really. And so for the last uh, last few months, we've been going through the hundred, and we've been doing stuff about WBBL, and 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 whenever we can, we get uh, we get guests on. So it's brilliant oh, to have stuff. you. Loving the shirt as well. Yeah. <laughs> well I'd just show we're supporting the right team. Um, oh, very good. So, yeah, firstly, what's your cricket story and how did it all start for you? Um, so it started really, um, I, I was quite late playing cricket um, compared to the rest of the girls. And uh, it was basically towards the end of primary school, start of high school. And my friend who um, I used to play football with, she also went to a local cricket club on a Friday um because it was just a lovely summer's night they had a barbecue going and the parents can just sit and have a beer while watching the kids play and uh, she said oh Laura why don't you come along and I said oh well, I, I usually train for badminton at that night because um badminton was my number one sport at the time and um she said oh but Laura there's a barbecue like you know you can have your Friday night barbecue all your mates are there I was like yeah that's the winner barbecue get me down there <laughs> So um, I managed to speak to my dad and we managed to sort something out. So I did badminton on another night. And then, yeah, I just went to the local cricket club and started playing. And it all went from there, really. And we were very lucky. There was quite a few girls. Um, so we started a district team. Um, and then a few of the district girls then went through to county trials. And I got into Lanks at 15. And the rest is history, really. <laughs> wow, that's, that's amazing. Because quite often when we talk to cricketers, they're from a sort of cricketing family. But it seems that your routine was really just through a friend at primary school. Yeah, um, I'm an only child, so got no brothers or sisters mm -hmm. um, and no one in my family play cricket apart from my grandpa's. But he uh, sadly passed away when I was young. So I, I had no one in my family really who played it, mm -hmm. which I think is a blessing in disguise because I didn't get a, a mum or a dad trying to teach me their horrible habits. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess from what you're saying, you, you sort of you're quite encouraged in sport generally from a young age if you were playing badminton and, and football and so on. Oh yeah, um, I played every sport you could think of. Um, my mum and dad always wanted me to play everything I could, um, and it because they just believed that bits from different sports would help you in whatever you needed in life. So um, yeah, I, I played everything. But my mum and dad's sport were badminton. That's how they met. Um, but then yeah, I got to a point in life where I had to pick between cricket and badminton, so I picked cricket. Yes. And you sound like, are you from Merseyside or from Wirral or whereabouts? Yeah, uh, Merseyside area. So my mum's side are from Liverpool and my dad's side are from London. So depending on who I'm talking to, I'm, I'm either posh or scout. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you ever imagine that you would become a professional cricketer? 
Oh gosh, not at all. Oh, honestly, far from it. I can remember just when I was younger, my aim was just to become a consistent player in the county side. So the fact that we now have regional cricket and you can be a professional player is it's just mind boggling to me. Um, it's just so exciting to see where the sport can go. We've only got, um, each region has got six contracts and then um, Lancashire have given us an extra one to make a seventh. Um, so again, each year is growing and I'm just so excited for hopefully the future where a whole team can be contracted. Um, it's it just honestly such an exciting time to be a female cricketer. Yeah, and we were speaking a few weeks ago before the contracts came out saying, okay, who do we think from each region is going to get it? And you were number one for Northwest Thunder. Oh, we were like, so definitely going to get it. Um, so it's just incredible. And you've had an amazing summer playing in the 100. What was that whole experience like? Because I think out of all the teams, Manchester seemed to have the, the um, how do I say, like the loosest COVID rules and seems to be having a great time. So um, it looks a lot of fun. What was, what was that like? Oh yeah, the 100 is the best time of my life. Uh, I, I obviously get quite a few questions about it because at the time I wasn't a professional cricketer. So I was brought into it quite late um, and I was so excited. I think I got brought in like two or three weeks before it was due to start. And it, it was just the best uh, six weeks ever. Just the places we went to, how we got treated because I've, I've never experienced anything like that the people we were around, how much experience you got from it. Um, it, it was just incredible. And yeah, we, we did have a good COVID officer, but to be fair, uh, touch, I say touch wood, we, we didn't get any COVID cases. So it worked out well. Um, I think we had the look on our side, but yeah, it, it, was, it just worked well because we could then bounce off the men's team. They gave us tips and they have so much more experience than us. So um, I'm glad we had a great COVID officer because it meant we could learn from it all. Yeah, I mean, that was, a, 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 out of all the teams, having spoken to quite a few players, Manchester seemed to be the team where the men's and the women's uh, camps were sort of closest to each other and did the most things together and, and, and had that sense of very much being one club. Yeah, that was a conscious decision as well. Um, those meetings beforehand saying, like, this is the tournament that we're trying to bring everyone together. Like the, the prize money, for example, was the same for, for both um, sides. So they were really trying to focus on um, equality and getting it together. And I'm so glad uh, the originals did decide to have the teams very close together because it honestly made the tournament. And I've spoken to other players and friends have spoken to other players and they said, oh, you know, wish, wish we kind of did that. So I think we've kind of set the tone and I think more teams will be like that and hopefully COVID will be not as big of a thing as it has been hopefully. Yeah and and how valuable was it having uh, people like Lizelle and Mignon and Harmon come over and have those internationals with loads of experience on your side? It was great um, just because I I'm so new in the cricketing world. I feel like my career's only just kind of started. And to have people like that who have been in the game for so long, um, it's just great to just absorb everything they say, how they prepare for a game, um, like what what they eat, to be honest. It sounds silly, but um, my nutrition wasn't great. I'm working on it. So it was great to see how they prepare their body for games, what they do during games. 
um and then just when they obviously when they train just how each of them get their minds in different uh scenarios and yeah it, it's just great to learn from them and be around and they they have a standard and it's great to see exactly where they want to be with their cricket and where i should aim for mm -hmm. so you're a full-time professional cricketer now um, so what's changed in your life since you've signed that contract? I mean, did you have a job before which you've quit? You know, <laughs> you walked in one day and said you can stick your job or, or uh, what's what's changed? Yeah, so previously uh, I was, I say, fortunate enough. My dad has his own business packaging company. Um, so he's always been really, really flexible with me. So it was just, these are the hours we, we need to work, fit them in when you can. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't have to say, this is the day I'm in, this is the day I'm out, because cricket can change constantly, especially yes. during the season. So um, I was very fortunate. He was very flexible with me. Um, but, you know, it was tiring last year, trying to do cricket and do the family business. It, it, it was tiring. It, it did wear you down a bit. So now I've got the contract. Um, I, I can focus on my cricket. Cricket is number one priority, which it, it was previously, but trying to balance everything was difficult. Um, and yeah, I did say to my dad, yeah, dad, do you mind if I stop working now? And he went, mm, I need it in writing. So got a sticky <laughs> note and just wrote, I'm leaving with a kiss. <laughs> anyway, all right, fair enough then, thanks. <laughs> um, I still work a couple of hours for him and just to give a helping hand, but yeah, I feel a lot better. I'm getting the hours sleep I need to, and I'm getting the recovery my body needs, and it, it just less stressful. Yeah, and does it does it feel? Do you feel different now as a professional as well? I'm, I guess I'm thinking about in a couple of ways. I, I suppose that maybe in a positive way, but also is is there a, like a bit more pressure on you now because this is your job. Yeah, I suppose there's different ways to look at it. Look at it. I've been, been thinking about it myself, actually. Um, but we, we have a, a very young team, as everyone kind of knows. Um, and there weren't many senior players in the team. So, for example, Ellie Threlkeld and um, Georgie Boyce, they're both 22, 23. And they are the senior players of the team. So the senior role isn't kind of your age anymore. It's where you're at with your cricket so now I've got um, a contract I, I want to be that senior player as well and I want to be that person for the young ones to look up to and I want to help out as much as I can um, so I don't feel much pressure in, in that case because I, I want to be that role in the team but there is also another way of looking at it that there's only seven of, us, seven of us at Thunder who've got a contract. So, yeah, all our eyes are kind of on us. But I don't really want to focus too much on that because that's when it starts playing tricks with your head. So I, I'm just pleased I've got it and um, just working really hard. I, I guess what it means is if you do that job really, really well and, and develop these youngsters up and coming, then you're going to be looking over your shoulder because they're going to be trying to take your contract off you eventually. True, but I suppose that, that's a good problem for um, Thunder to have. You know, we just want to try and make a strong team as possible. So if I can help, at least I can say I've made history. <laughs> yes, I, I, and I think inevitably as the years go on, there'll be more contracts available, won't they? So hopefully it's not going to be a situation where you, <laughs> you get mugged by someone in your team. <laughs> um, it, we saw you play a couple of times this year, actually, didn't we? Um, oh, fabulous. Uh, we saw you at Worcester. 
uh, playing against Central Sparks and you had a cracking game that day. Um, yes, that was a good uh, day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, so I, what I remember from that day is, is that Eve Jones got a century. Um, yes. And, um, but then, you know, we, I say we, right, we're from Birmingham, but <laughs> but I'm actually from Preston originally. So oh, all yeah. my, all my affiliations in the Northwest and somehow my kids have picked up on this. So we, <laughs> we, we do support Thunder and, uh, and Manchester Originals. So we, so we went to Worcester to cheer, uh, to cheer you on. And it looked, you know, it looked a bit dodgy, you know, when Eve got a century, but um, it was a, it was a great performance and you performed with bat and ball that day. I don't know if you remember. Um, yes, I remember that game. That, that, <laughs> that, I put a smile on my face that day. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think... um, we, it was uh, one of those days and we we loved that day because everyone did something. It was mm. a truly big team performance and Eve did really well with the bat. Um, obviously, very nice to score a century. But we felt that like the team didn't help her um yeah. very well whereas with our day no one really had an outstanding performance but we all chipped in and it was a big team win mm. and we were so happy that we won that game yeah it was really, i remember hartley scored the winning runs didn't she but also <laughs> yes. uh, a, she, she dropped an absolute dolly at one point as well i don't know if you were building at that point but uh, but yeah she was she was at mid-off and dropped an absolute dolly yeah. No, she she always tells us about uh, winning those scoring runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking about Harley, what's it like to be captained by her? Oh, it's always a laugh. You you always will have a smile on your face no matter what's happening, no matter if we're winning, losing. She always puts a smile on our face, which I, I don't think I've actually had a captain like that before because if you're doing badly, like, the captain gets a bit down and kind of has a go at you but um yeah Al she's she's just so positive and no matter what you're doing no matter what headspace you're in she'll always pick you back up um so I, I've actually thoroughly enjoyed her uh, captain and all of us and that's good yeah because the other game we saw you at you got absolutely hammered <laughs> it was a, it was um in fact we'd been to Liverpool it was a bank holiday Monday at the end of August we'd been to Liverpool and gone to the Beatles Museum had a really nice day out and then um uh, you were playing um, Northern at, um, at Chester. So we thought, right, we'll come back to Birmingham through the Mersey Tunnel and stop off at oh. Chester. And um, uh, and yeah, it was a bit of a shocker. I mean, it meant we got home a bit earlier. It so. did, yeah. <laughs> Everyone yeah. got home early that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, that, that wasn't great. But I think, I guess what we saw from that game is that even though it was quite a bad loss, I guess Hartley as a captain was very encouraging and she was having a laugh like the first delivery I think she bowled was absolutely horrific but she just laughed it off and I guess especially with younger players is that something you find really important to just reinforce that enjoyment side and not put too much pressure on them? Yeah Al's always said she wants to create an environment for people to enjoy themselves because uh, she's openly said that there's been times when she's not enjoyed her cricket and she doesn't want anyone else to feel like that so she's she's made it um, one of her points in cricket to make sure she enjoys it and to do her best for all the other players. And um, she she just keeps saying, just play with a smile on your face. And if if you're not, speak about it, and we can all help. Um, it's a really good team environment we do have at Thunder. And I think that's one of the challenges of professionalism going forward, isn't it? Because 
the danger with professionalism is that winning at all costs becomes the most important thing and that kind of robs you of of that enjoyment and and instills a kind of fear in you you know that you're going to lose your livelihood and so on yeah there is a fine line isn't there um but you know like we're all very new at it and uh, I'm just trying to enjoy cricket as much as I can mm-hmm. and this year has been great I've, it's the first time to be fair that I've really enjoyed my cricket um, it's the first time really that we're getting paid for it as well so yeah fine line but this year has just been amazing and if it does start to take a turn there are people there to support you and we're, we're honestly such good friends at Thunder and the originals that everyone's got your back so I strongly believe that if it starts to turn we can all um, gather around each other. Yeah there's there's one incident I remember from the 100 because um, Crossy was your uh, captain in the 100 Yeah, and uh, it was actually a, a match I don't think you were playing in this one it's against Northern Superchargers so I think it was the first match that uh, Originals won <laughs> um, and um, it they bowled really well and really restricted. I think Laura Bullpark was batting and hadn't, you know, was was still batting, but had not been piling on the runs. And it came to the final, I say over, the final five balls. And uh, and Crossy had to make a choice about who to, to bowl on it. And, and she chose to bowl Alice Dyson. And I, mm-hmm. I love watching Alice Dyson bowl. I think that slingy action is just amazing. And when and when you get it right, it's just lethal, isn't it? But when you yeah. get it wrong, you get tonked all over the park. <laughs> and and so she decided to go uh, with with Alice Dyson, and she went for twenty runs off of five balls. And but actually, what it what that said to me is that. That's a captain who wants to put a young player into that situation and get her to experience it now, just to make her better, even if it meant that it meant the team was in danger of losing from a winning position. Yeah, Crossy is is such a supporting um, person. Um, and she, obviously, great, great player, but also she is so supportive of everyone else. Um, and she's away with, England quite a lot during this winter and she's made it very clear to everyone to use her like she's great experience and she's a great source of information and she's constantly texting myself saying please any questions just ask me I'm here because she wants to see the growth and she's seeing how good it's going and she knows where it can go she's so passionate about it and she's such a, a selfless person and um, she really does want the best out of everyone so yeah that that game was tough for Daiso but um she's learned from it and she well she came better next time from it and yeah it's just the experience you need really it obviously wasn't ideal but it's been and gone and she's moved forward yeah I knew when the game anyway (laughs) thank goodness And um, with more high pressure situations, um, a few months ago you played at Sale Cricket Club and all the Test Match fans came down. What on earth was that game like? Because I watched it on the live stream because I was at school at the time and oh my gosh, it looked ridiculous. Oh, you know what? That was one of the funniest games I've ever played. Um, Obviously awful that the Test Match got cancelled, but I think they announced at the ground that Sale Cricket Club's just five minutes on the tram. If you've got nothing to do, go down. Um, so as I'm sure you've seen all the pictures, we had cavemen, we had dinosaurs, 
we had, I think we had wizards, we had frogs, we had everyone and anything coming um, because obviously it's only a, a club ground. So I think there was a maximum of 150 spectators allowed and um, there were just people queuing at the door and they managed to ring some people and get an extra 50 people in, but they ended up having to turn people away. So to turn people away at a domestic girls game is just insane. Um, and they were just so supportive. There was, there was no heckling or anything. Uh, they're just su supportive of both teams. They just wanted to laugh. Obviously, there was a few beers. Um, so that, that got them going quite a bit. But it was, it was such a good atmosphere. And uh, they were just so supportive. And then once the game had finished, they were all coming over to us talking about the women's game. And... They, like they'd never really watched it before and they had nowhere else to go that day because um, they were from out of the area and they said oh we're definitely going to keep an eye out for more women's games and we're going to try and get to some so it was actually quite a good day yeah and that, that's amazing because when I guess the interest um, is outside of either people that play or family members and stuff that's when the game really grows and I guess we saw that with the hundred where non-cricket fans or traditionally men's cricket fans came down to watch the games and really had an investment in it and is that something you notice with obviously the crowd sizes being massive? Yeah I do to be fair um, again you, you just saw anyone and everyone there and the increased um, of numbers of the younger generation as well because it was a shorter format so and, and all the music and the entertainment that they absolutely loved it. There were so many young people there, which is what you need to do to inspire the next generation. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely noticed it. And then I had friends and family who don't watch cricket at all. They don't really know anything about it. Um, but I, I ended up getting messages saying, oh my gosh, this is a great game. Please tell me when the next game's on, when I can get to the next one. And like it's the winter season now, so they don't fully understand that there's no games until next year. And they keep texting me saying, when's the next game? Mm. I was like, oh, sorry, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> and uh, they, they were actually gutted about that. So it, just the hype around it was just amazing. And people who've never really watched it before are, want, are wanting and really excited for the next the next round. Yeah, and I think from us as sort of fans, if you like, it, there's a sense that you as players are really making a big effort to, to sort of reach out to fans. So we went to a couple of games, didn't we? We, went, uh, we saw Manchester play at Trent Bridge, oh, yeah. which I think was the final game because we'd been, we'd been away earlier in the summer. But, um, but you, you, know, you, you went down pitch side afterwards and, and got chatting to lots and lots of the players and everyone wanted to talk and, and there was that sense of access, really. And I think in modern mm -hmm. sport, you don't often get that nowadays where, you know, sort of the public and the fans can actually communicate with each other uh, to be fair when you said that we're making a big effort to talk to them I I, I don't actually think that's the case like we want to I, I'm not even <laughs> thought about thinking oh, I need to go and do that it was it was a want um I, I get so excited talking to people because I, I love the sport hopefully they love the sport and it's just good to talk about and again you just want to get everyone involved mm -hmm. so yeah I, I, I love talking to people I, I'll talk to people until they tell me to go away but um, yeah I, I just love it I, I love the sport I think it's it's a great thing and I just want everyone to get involved and um, you went over to Australia to play over there how did that come about and what was that like 
Yes, and uh, again, another incredible experience and it really has shaped my life to what it is now. Um, so I was obviously at college applying for university and no one in my family really went to university. So I, there wasn't really a hype around it. So I, I applied, but I wasn't really sure on what I had to do. And I was quite into computing at the time. So I applied for a computing uh, degree and got my results found out I got to uni but there's just there was no excitement behind it it was just like oh okay I've, I've got in what what now and um I just thought you know what I, I'm, I'm gonna try and go into Australia why not so I, I spoke to Jen Barden at Lanks and said is this possible is this something I could do she said oh yeah I'll put you in touch with the right people so um got through to an agency and they said oh there's a club who were still after a female cricketer because as you can imagine, it was very last minute because I'd just got my uni results and everything. Um, so the next day I was on a Skype call having an interview with the club. And at the end I said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll love to have you. So can you come in the next few weeks? And I thought, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, sure. So got off the call, went to my parents. Um, I'm going to Australia. Is, is that OK? <laughs> and at this point I was, I was um, 18. So... They had a bit of a shock, but fully supportive of it. And next minute, I'm packing my bags off my way to Australia. Uh, didn't know anyone there at all. Um, and yeah, it was the best six months ever. Uh, made friends for life. Uh, I hit jackpot with the club that I went to. Um, I got so much experience with coaching. I played quite a lot. I managed to go to the MCG as much as I could. I've met Meg Lanning, I've met uh, Glenn McGraw, uh, I met loads of people, best thing ever, and I continued to go there for the next three seasons, so I did a total of four seasons in Australia, um, and I could, if I could tell you to go there, like, it's the best thing ever, just drop everything and go. <laughs> I might be considering that at the end oh. of A-levels, just drop everything and go to Australia. We're going to lose you, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, I mean that's amazing where would you live anyway yeah um with you said uh you said you coached in Australia is that something you would want to like do over here and maybe after playing um potentially um I've not put too much thought into it because I, I really just want to try and get my career for as long as possible but uh, there's so many routes you can go down now. Um, of course, coaching's kind of the, the obvious, but you know, there's also commentating now. There's loads of people commentating while still playing or after you've played. Um, you can go into the logistics side of it. Uh, I, truth, truthfully, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what suits me best, but the one thing about getting the contract is that the regions really support you. So they'll be having meetings with all, with all of us on what we want our next steps to be. And they, they are really supporting us, which is really good. And what are your goals for kind of the next season and what are you really looking forward to? Oh, I, I am a goal setter. That's, that's one of the things I've got. Um, I just... Again, I just want to have another good season, really. Um, I would really like to play in the 100 again. Um, like, last year was good, and I've heard next year is going to be even better, if that's possible. So I really want to be a part of that again. Um, and, yeah, I just I, I want Thunder to get through to finals, really. Because um, we, we've not really made it to the finals yet with the Thunder side. 
Um, and I think we've got a real good opportunity. We've got a bit more experience in the team this year uh, with the oldies. They'll kill me for saying that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I want to get through to the finals and win it. <laughs> I want to win. That'd be great. Yeah. That, that'd be great. I mean, it would be great to see a fantastic season for Thunder mm. and for Originals uh, next Hopefully season. Hopefully see you there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, abs absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And if, yeah, we've got, of course, we've got the Commonwealth Games coming to Birmingham as well uh, yes. next year as well. So we're very excited about, about seeing some, yeah, some top-class cricket right on our doorstep. That'll be really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, we the the final, the gold medal match is already sold out, which is... Gosh, is it? it? Yeah, yeah. So um, so we, we've applied, of course, we applied for loads of tickets. <laughs> and because we're from Birmingham, you kind of get a, the, an advanced... Uh, ticket window oh that's good so so we applied uh but and got semi-final tickets for both semi-finals and for the bronze medal game and um for one of england's games that england's last game against new zealand but that we couldn't get final tickets they completely oh. sold our edge buster for the gold medal game which is i mean which is amazing i mean part of me is disappointed but part of me is like wow this is this yeah. is amazing because that's a big venue mm. Well, at least you'll get to see some, but yeah, uh, at least we can watch it on TV. Yeah. Yes, well, I, I've made it my personal mission to make it to the final somehow. Well, we've got, we got a bit of a plan. Right? Don't tell anyone. Because <laughs> um, uh, we're going to the bronze medal game, which is on the morning of the final, reckon if we hide in the ground after the game. Yes. Uh, and maybe uh, Polly like, sort of wears clothes that make, which makes it look a bit like staff, you know, maybe a sort of waitress yeah, type. Yeah, caretaker closet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, we could maybe just hide in the ground and be the final. Polly's probably going to end up being able to get in and you'll have to go, Richard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'll have to FaceTime you. <laughs> yeah. So if I complete that, I'll be very satisfied. If not, I'll either be arrested or annoyed. So we'll see. <laughs> Laura, thank you so much for your time. It's been great to speak to you. Oh, not a problem. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, all the best. I, I guess you're. I guess you're doing loads of uh, training at the moment and fitness stuff and all that kind of. Yeah, lots of fitness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to get the body ready for next year. Yes, we'll keep working hard. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> really nice Hopefully to meet see you. See you soon. Yeah, 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 you will. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye, -bye. That was brilliant. That really was. I really enjoyed speaking to Laura. Yeah. I thought she was really good value. I think I just love talking to like any of the girls from Northwest Under. Mm. I think they're all they're all quite similar in kind of the way they're just quite relaxed and I don't know. It's probably a northern thing. Yeah. I think I, you sense there's a kind of DNA that runs through yeah. the side. Yeah. Um, where they want to have have fun and enjoy. Yeah. And um. And I think that comes from leadership, doesn't mm. it? So you, you think about Alex Hartley's leadership, mm. and that is all about enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and enjoying your cricket. And I think that's really, really refreshing. Yeah. I, it probably means they don't win anything. <laughs> <laughs> but they seem to have lots of fun. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was when we went to... Um, it was the Thunder game versus Northern Diamonds, where Thunder were absolutely hammered. Mm -hmm. Hartley's first ball, she bowled like it was probably wide or something, and she like swore, and then she started laughing. <laughs> I was like, that sums it all up. Um, but no, I really enjoyed that as well. Um, next week we've got another guest. We have, yes, yes, another person from the north. Yeah. 
in fact, from the far north. Yeah, who has just moved teams. Mm. So, in fact, we've just speaking to, spoken to a Scouser. Yeah. Speaking to a Geordie. <laughs> yeah, we're going the other side of the country mm-hmm. and a bit more north. So, yeah, I guess get, get your guesses in. Let us know who you think. Um, but, yeah, we'll be back next week for that and we'll be back with some Christmas questions for you to answer. So... Mm. Start thinking of, I don't know, favourite Christmas stuff. <laughs> yeah, so have a good week, everyone, and enjoy watching The Ashes. Yeah. Uh, this comes out on Friday. I'm hoping the test match is still going on on Friday. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> England haven't lost by innings by then. Yeah. But I think we've got a good chance. I really hope so. I think there's been so much build-up that I just want, want something to go right. I think get, I don't know. I think Jimmy and Brody need to be back in the squad and then I feel like we'll yeah. be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. There's a there's a plan. De- definitely. It it was the plan all along <laughs> to have a, a golden duck. It's the plan it's always it's always the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was just planning soon. But yeah, we'll see you next week. But in the meantime, you can follow us on our social media. I always forget to do that, but uh our Instagram, Northshire Podcast, Twitter, Northshire Podcast. Um what else? YouTube, Northshire Podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, did I say Twitter was Northshire Podcast? It's not, is it? It's OHL Podcast. OHL right. Podcast, yeah. Um, TikTok, Northshire Podcast. Yes. Yeah. Twitter. Twitter. You've changed the header. <gasps> oh, yeah. I want to talk about this because, wow. It looks amazing. Thank you. I did it during the Ashes build-up. I was like, okay. you know, I need something to do. So you've been restricted to your room for three days, so yeah. some web development's been going on. <laughs> yeah, because I thought, the thing with our podcast is when you read the name and look at the picture, you can't tell we talk about cricket. Oh. And that's like a big reason, obviously that's the main reason people listen to our podcast, mm. cricket. Um, So I was like, well, how about we make it kind of more crickety on the front? So on YouTube and on Twitter, on like the header... um. I've added some of the players we've had. So you can go check that out because mm. I actually really like it. I was kind of proud of it. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It does um, look really cool. And I guess we'll just like keep updating it when we get really cool guests on. Um, Which is so, every week at the moment. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, take a look at that because it, it took a bit of time. <laughs> um, hey, like it and post a comment. Yeah, be like, wow, that's incredible. (laughs) How did you do that? Um, But yeah, we will be back next week. And this has been another long outro. It's almost five minutes long. But we'll see you next week then.